0: 16 minutes after 12 o'clock, the Saturday C.H. Grand Tally is betting a little bit of ill health, man. I appreciate all the. You know, the warrior nature that you've shown to to get through two hours and 16 minutes of radio. We've got another 44 minutes before we depart, and then the good oil will take over. Uh, Let's welcome in Campbell Birds. We know him. Surely you know him. He's been writing about rugby for a long, long time. Does an excellent job, award winner. I think he even wrote for the Irish Examiner back in the day. So I do wonder, Campbell, have you been able to drop in a note to the Irish rugby fans to wind them up? Sort of embrace your inner Stephen Jones and get something published on the Irish Examiner to really wind them up. (laughs)
1: Very good afternoon fellas Uh, No is the short answer I did do one article for the Irish Examiner About six years ago But that's uh, long long forgotten But uh, I don't think the uh, Irish fans Will need any uh, winding up I think they'll do the job tomorrow uh, Their side, And they will be facing the All Blacks In eight days time in the World Cup quarterfinal
0: I have had a lot of laughs Thanks to Rossier Rasmus this week I think he's great for the sport I think he winds up people quite deliberately And very very well I'm not sure if you've seen his Twitter feed today for some reason, um, in the debate of time and play 2023, which has been quite the talking point, hasn't it, Campbell? He decided to bring out the match stats from the 1995 Rugby World Cup final as a direct comparison <laughs> to how the game was played then to it is now. <laughs> that, that's, that is world-class trolling of New Zealand rugby fans, isn't it?
1: Well, that is it is already, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, that, uh, that he would think something that happened 28 years ago is relevant on that. Famous day where the All Blacks uh, were, were slightly under the weather and uh, the game went for 100 minutes and there was a lot of kicking. Um, yeah, I, I haven't actually seen uh, Razzie's post there, but I'm sure he's, uh, yeah, as you say, he's a, good, he, he's a good wind-up merchant and South Africa have, have been sitting back uh, nicely and training hard, I'm sure, but relaxed knowing that they have no game uh, on this weekend, whereas uh, they'll, they'll leave all the hard, stuff, hard yakka to the Irish and the Scots tomorrow.
0: He also had that great chart, and I've, I've printed it off for Grant, um, of all the permutations of this game tomorrow morning between Scotland and Ireland and how it impacts Pool B and who finishes top. There's only one scenario where South Africa finished third and out of it, and that is Scotland winning by 21-plus points and both teams getting a bonus point. So simply, it's not going to happen. So the only jeopardy really is on Ireland, isn't it, uh, Campbell? But but you've already tipped your your, your cap that you you revealed your hand. You you don't think Scotland have it in them, even on their very very best day, to get past this very very good Irish side.
1: No, uh, even though they are supposedly ranked number five in the world, uh, there's no evidence that Scotland, who haven't beaten Ireland in seven years, will will do that tomorrow. They had their chance to lay a stake uh, early on, but they lost 18-3 to. South Africa without really firing any shots. So, uh, I'm not, look, I'm sure they'll be more than competitive, but uh, why anyone would think that they will uh, beat uh, Ireland by 21 points? So There have been four upsets, um, in, in my opinion, during this World Cup. There won't be a fifth tomorrow, I suspect.
2: Well, if Ireland throw the game, Campbell, <laughs> um, <laughs> then that means that they can push South Africa out. Be
0: careful, you're going to end up on Irish media. So, it this point,
2: I'm just mate. saying that, like... You know, a team get together and like, hey, boys, if Scotland win by 21 plus here, South yeah. Africa
0: are out. A bit like that scene in Braveheart when the guy brings an Ireland. Yeah. It's my Ireland. Come with me. Come with me, lad. So I'd like to well, say that yeah. there is
2: a possibility. And Clado and the good oil, I'm sure they'll be looking at those permutations. <laughs> they'll have their own little list of permutations. But it well, is it is fascinating. We've, we've asked a lot of our listeners who they'd, they'd like to face in the quarters. And um, – a lot of people have obviously said Scotland, which doesn't look likely to happen. No,
0: no. So of South Africa no. and Ireland, <laughs> Campbell,
1: who in, you th- who in your
0: thinking is better suited for the All Blacks to
1: play? Uh, well, pr- probably Ireland, I would say. Um, I just think that uh, the Springboks, given what they did to us before the, the World Cup uh, and, and the way they approached the game, their, their 7-1 bench split, uh, I think the All Blacks would have more trouble with South Africa. Um than Ireland, but that said, you're talking about an Irish side number one in the world, 16 wins straight. Uh, they uh, they saw off South Africa only two weeks ago in a brutally tough encounter. Uh, so it, it would hardly be a case of uh, Ireland being an easy quarter final for the All Blacks. But I think they would have uh, more comfort knowing that there'll be uh, a few demons in the in the Irish mindset, given they've never been past uh, the quarter final. So um, yeah, it, I mean, look, either way. It's not, it would not be an easy quarter-final, but the All Blacks would certainly prefer to meet Ireland.
2: Where's uh, Campbell? Where's your confidence pulse check with the uh, the All Blacks at the moment? <laughs> uh, your fire reading you know, chart. Yeah, we're at <laughs> <where, laughs> extreme. <laughs> where is it? Because if you believe in momentum, I get the feeling that you know, listening to a lot of the supporters, they feel that we're just gaining a little bit more momentum. People are a little bit more confident after the, the opening game against France.
1: I would probably have to answer that after I hear the latest on Tyrell Lomax. Uh, yes, we haven't uh, so we haven't true. heard quite the latest there, but obviously Nepo Lalala is going to be um, uh, hoving into more importance uh, now as the starting side. Did. But I think uh, other than that, the All Blacks they seem to have most of the other cavalry back. Uh, they're, they're generally playing some pretty good footy now. They've, I mean, take away the first twenty minutes against Uruguay, they're a bit scrappy, but I think they're uh, they're now on a position with a lot more confidence than they were four weeks ago, so uh, provided Lomax um, is not too bad, um, and obviously that will mean um, Lalala will start and um, Farsi or Williams will be the backup tight head. Um, I think they're in pretty good shape physically, um, and then it's a question of uh, what sort of performance they can put out. So the all-backs are tracking okay, I think, at, at this point.
0: Rugby News editor Campbell Burns is with us as we talk uh, all things Rugby World Cup. We'll get on to our MPC shortly. Uh, I always need to check my Hurricanes bias. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Tyrell Lomax, I have said, is arguably, I, in my opinion, one of the most important All Blacks in this current squad that doesn't get discussed nearly enough about how important he is. Uh, is that my Hurricanes bias shining through, or do you agree with me, Campbell?
1: I think it's potentially massive blow he's not there. I think it's partially your Hurricanes bias, but also uh, I, I happen to agree with you. I think, yes, um, if the, the tight head prop is one of the most important uh, players in your squad and he's your number one tight head, then uh, therefore, yes, he's absolutely crucial to it. And he he, he does tend to fly under the radar uh, when it comes to media. Uh, but uh, yeah, when he went down against South Africa a few weeks ago with that deep gash, uh, I feared the worst. But he's made a comeback from that. I don't know whether this latest injury is connected to that. But uh, I do have my fingers crossed it's not going to be... Um, too bad but if he cannot play in the final,
0: that's that's a big blow i think he's our most rounded prop does things on both sides of the ball I, I i see we've got lots of good props at one aspect or another not both and i'm really worried about new zealand's lack of defensive intensity in comparison to the other three big sides again is that a figment of my imagination
1: uh, well, no, I think um, yeah. I mean, the, the last time we were strongly tested was probably that second half against France. Uh, Scott McLeod will be working overtime on that as the, as a defence coach. Um, I don't think defensively uh, there's going to be too many issues. It's probably more more around scrum time, around uh, more, more defence and these sort of things. Um, making sure we don't get cards, you know, winning our winning our high balls, all these sort of things will be in the mix. Um, and those variables when it comes to cards with the with the match officiating. Um, and that, that's always been a concern at the uh, at the Rugby World Cup, um, and that's what it was the main pleasing thing out of yesterday's um, chest by the All is that there were no cards. Uh, there was, there were one or two injuries, but uh, having no cards is going to be uh, is going to be critical, and, and will be uh, the case also in the quarter final.
0: Speaking of quarter finals, our MPC into quarter final stage. Two grand old rivals. Another doozy. Just five points between Canterbury and Auckland. Those red and blacks, eh? They know they know how
1: to <laughs> extinguish an Auckland season. Oh, that was um, yeah. Look, it was it was an enjoyable quarter final last night. The um, it was a real nip and tuck affair, and Auckland, given they're missing Patrick Tuipolotu, Akira Iwani, Harry Plummer, Adrian Choate, I thought they uh, they stayed in the fight for a long, a long time there. But Canterbury did well after Ferg Burke went down injured. Ramaka Poihepe, uh moved in, won, controlled the game really well. Billy Harmon outstanding at number six. Um, that, was a, that was a pretty uh, a, a, a quality quarter final. It was a shame it probably had to be played uh, that game this early in the playoffs, but it was Auckland finishing sixth, so um, Canterbury will be stoked with that effort to, to come through last night.
0: Wellington bounced back
1: against Waikato, you think? I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, look. <laughs> well, Wellington. I mean, what they won twenty-one games in a row and then uh, lost lost it narrowly last week with the shield. Uh, I know that will galvanise them. They won't have Peter Luckey. Mm. Um, who else are they missing? Rossi Filippo. But they've got enough talent there, and they've shown enough all year, particularly around their defense, that they'll be they'll be the warm favourites this afternoon at the capital. And uh, Waikato. Having said that, they will, they, they look down and out until three weeks ago, and they've peeled off yeah, three wins in a row. And uh, they've got some cavalry coming back, including Taha Kemata and some of Penny Finau. So, uh, you know, Wellington won't have it all their own way, but I would be surprised if they don't take out the uh, eight seeds uh, uh, later this afternoon.
2: Yeah, and what about the Yarrow Stadium, Taranaki versus uh, Tasman? Mr TT. Yeah, that,
1: that, that's, uh, that, that's potentially tight Grant. I think, uh, well, I mean, Tasman went up to uh, New Plymouth only a few weeks ago and won, but they were frankly terrible last week, uh, losing to Bay Plenty in the manner they did, but I just can't help thinking there's too much quality in there for it not to be a, a real ding-dong affair tonight um, against the NACI, who I see, I think Josh Lord could be back for them. Uh, Stephen Perifet is oh, out, wow. but Josh, Josh Lord could be back, I think, for his first game uh, for the NACI this year. I think he's had an injury since he came back from France, so uh, if, if he does play, that will certainly bolster their chances. So Taranaki might have slight favouritism, but... Uh, Tasman not to be discounted with probably the best uh, midfield in the NPC in Nankerville and Almoa, with apologies to Peter Ehrmunga-Jensen and, uh, and, and Billy Proctor.
2: Well, home, hometown advantage for Bay of Plenty, um, but they're playing against Hawke's Bay. How much of the Hawke's Bay team will be their minds on the game, or do you think...
0: Well, they're under the spotlight. Aren't
2: you know, what's happened in the last week, do you think that it's not about rugby do you think they can dust that off and just uh, focus on the game? <laughs> yeah,
0: what well, you did there—that was quite clever,
1: yeah. Yes, they will. That's, that, that's the whole thing. The, the mindset of Hawke's Bay—they uh, won the Shield so well last week. They've had all the saga to deal with since. Um, I don't know how they've pulled up mentally, apart from anything. But um, if, you know, if, if they're a fairly resilient group, um, they'll be in. Um, you know, they'll be going out feeling there's nothing to lose. The, the, they'll be the underdog, um, travelling away as the fifth seeds. And Bay plenty of coming off with an outstanding one last week over the Marcos. so um, I guess there is a certain amount of pressure on on Hawkes Bay um, and if they fall apart we'll know that uh, mentally they just they just went there but I have a sneaking suspicion they've probably got a bit of starch behind them you know old timers like uh, Brad Weber and Tom Parsons will ensure that they'll be on the their minds will be on the job but uh, potentially uh, another tight one in Tauranga tomorrow.
0: Rugby News Editor Campbell Burns is with us.
1: We'll wrap this up. You, you've had a, a, a career
0: covering this sport, right? You, you know it so intimately well; it comes through so obviously Any time we sport to speak to you, how were you? How did the rugby fan in you feel after what you saw happen with the Shield and what we've known uh, learnt in the days since?
1: Well, it's a funny one. I mean, I'd probably take a slightly different tack to some people who were a long way from Hawke's Bay when they're commenting on it. I, I don't know exactly what happened or exactly who broke it uh, obviously careless and stupid are two words that come to mind but there's been a lot of vitriol um, slung without too many facts um, sort of looked at I mean I, I think certainly a bad look for the game when the shield had just been refurbished and then it gets split in half but um, <laughs> I know there's all sorts of trophies uh, that have been damaged and in, in celebrations over the years I don't think people unless we know exactly what happened can Talk about uh, the magpies having less respect for the shield, um, necessarily. I, I think uh, you know, it's, it's certainly, certainly careless. But we don't even know whether it was broken by a member of the team. Um, and until we, until we do, it's it's a bit mm. tough to be to be passing uh, heavy judgment on, on Hawke's Bay. I mean, poor old Brad Weber had to front the media, and he wasn't even there. And people were sort of insinuating there was some kind of cover up. But I mean, we don't know any of this. Um, there's obviously New Zealand rugby has got to get it fixed. They'll keep it locked up and at HQ until um, the start of next season, that, that that's all a bit of a shame. But you know, I thought I, I thought it took a, took the real gloss off a tremendous um, challenge and effort by Hawke's Bay, um, and then things obviously got a bit, but out of control. That those other slightly incriminating photos that could well be a setup. Um, there was a drink driving thing, which is could be is obviously totally unconnected to the damage to the shield. So there's all these other factors that were thrown in. So. Uh, I think there's been a bit of a, a storm on a teacup in, in some respects, but a lot of people weighing in uh, with, some, with some strong views and many of them a long way from the action.
0: Campbell, thanks so much for your time, mate. Go enjoy Bumper Weekend. Games coming at us from every angle, from every hemisphere. Thanks so much for, for taking some time. Thanks, no worries, Campbell.
1: Worries, no worries. Thank you. See ya.